This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. He's still the God that breaks the unbreakable, still moves the immovable, and so we pray God has an encounter with you this morning. Well, I'm glad you're here. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're with us. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, and our ushers will get you and get your hand up real high. Once you get a Bible, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, before I get going here, I, I just want to honor someone. He doesn't know I'm going to do this, but Harley, why don't you stand up here, man? Dude, you, you've a transformation. This guy, he just completed a boot camp as a Marine. I, I wish I had your before picture and after picture. You look like a whole different guy there. So bless you. Way to go. We applaud you. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, again, we're going to 2 Corinthians 6 here. Another week on the wake up. And just to kind of get us where we're going, do the, the people you allow into your life, do they build you up or do they tear you down? Do, do they lead you closer to God or further away from God. And every one of us, we have a desire to be liked, to be valued, to be viewed as important, significant. But I can't go about it in the wrong way. In other words, I I can't compromise this. I've got to do this God's way. And so gives you a little bit of an example or where we're heading today. Look here in 2 Corinthians 6, and we begin in verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Hmm. Interesting statement. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And we're going to come back to that in a minute. He goes on to say, For what fellowship or community has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? In other words, when he says, don't, don't team up with unbelievers, people that reject God. And so you have these mismatched alliances. And he starts with, what partnership is there with righteousness and rebellion? What partnership is there like with darkness? One translation says, do trust and mistrust? Do they hold hands? And so what he's getting over here, and this is the Apostle Paul you're, you're going to compromise your faith when you do this. Now, he doesn't tell you don't do this, but you might as well get ready. It's not going to be good. Verse number 15. And what accord has Christ with Belial or the devil? Or what part? Now, pay attention again. He says, has a believer with an unbeliever. If we would look at one of the cross-references here, it takes us to Deuteronomy 22.10. And it says for him not to plow with an ox or a donkey. The reason it was a mismatched alliance. So it was said what's good for an animal is probably good for a human being. Now when he talks about don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Many times we we isolate this to just in marriage. It is in marriage. You don't want to marry someone who's not a believer, okay? But it's more than just the marriage covenant. It's my relationships, my friendships, even 
my co-workers is what he's getting over to. And, and so he's saying, don't compromise in this area. Because what will ultimately happen? They will divide your loyalty. So I must have to have God come in and grace me with wise choices with the people you allow into your life. And when I say the people you allow into your life, who do you allow to speak into your life? Who do you allow to even influence your life? And I'm just going to throw this in there. Be careful that you allow people to speak into your life who say they're a Christian. But yet they encourage you to disobey. They encourage you to sin. It's almost like they say, what's the matter with a little sin? As long as it's just every now and then. That's not good, okay? And so you turn to your right to the very next verse. And we go to the book of Galatians chapter 5. A way to help you remember some of this. You run with the snakes, you're going to get bit. That's Proverbs 34, 4. If you're a student of the Bible, you realize Proverbs only has 31, okay? So that's not Proverbs 34. There is no Proverbs 34. You run with the snakes, you're going to get bit. You don't want to get too close to the snakes. Galatians 5, verse 7. You ran well. You, you ran the faith well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Who deceived you and led you astray from the truth or the true course of obedience? Who led you away to tell you it's okay that you don't have to obey the truth? Now, note what, what the Apostle Paul just said. Who? He didn't say what. He said who. So there's people, the who's that you allow into your life that are going to lead you away from the truth. Verse 8. This persuasion, this detour, it does not come from him who calls you. And so you begin to embrace false teaching. But understand, it doesn't come from the Lord who called you. Verse number 9. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, just a little bit. Just a smidgen. And I believe when he talks about a little leaven, he said, don't, don't view this as insignificant. The small things in your life can have huge impact. You, you start with just a little bit of a lie, it'll spread like a wildfire. A, a great verse on this is a Song of Solomon 2.15. Solomon said this, he said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things in life that can get me off track. He goes on to say here in verse 10, I have confidence in you. Now, look, look at his confidence in you, in the Lord. He said, I got confidence in you, in the Lord. What I believe he's communicating this to us here is he's saying the Lord's going to get you back on track. If you've gotten off track, I've got confidence that the Lord's going to bring you back. You just got to listen to him. You just got to eat, eat to him. He goes on to say that you will have no other mind. Just the mind of Christ. 
But he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And so he's saying, the one that's causing the issues in your life, he's going he's gonna to have some judgment. So we go back and we look here. I cannot be unequally yoked, okay? In any area of my life. So we go back into the Old Testament to the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1. Now Jonah... He's tucked in there between a guy named Obadiah and a guy named Micah. If you find those two, you're really close, okay? Jonah chapter number one. Now, as you're turning to Jonah chapter one, the next three weeks, we're going to be on the book of Jonah. There's, there's so much in here that I decided we're just going to take chapter one today, and I believe this will really, really speak to your life. This may locate you, okay? But I believe the Lord's goal here, even in this, is to get you back on track. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. What came to Jonah? The word of the Lord, the Bible. Now when the word of the Lord comes to you, when you know specifically a certain verse, and the Bible says da-da-da-da-da-da-da, don't say, well, I better pray to see if that's what God wants me to do. If God says in his word, this is the just do it. You either obey it or you disobey it. A great illustration where we know one of the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not murder. Well, you know what? I better pray today to make sure God doesn't want me to murder. Well, what kind of stupid are you? I probably shouldn't have said that. It's okay. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, now, we've got to stop just for a second. Let me help you a little bit with this guy named Jonah. Jonah is a Jewish prophet preacher. That's who he is. And so this guy gets a word from the Lord. And the Lord says to him, Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and I want you to cry out against it for the wickedness that has come up before you. So literally... The Lord tells Jonah, he said, this is your assignment, buddy. And you're going to go on a mission trip to the Ninevites. And you're going to tell them how off base they are in their life. And, and he says here, because of their wickedness. So evidently, these, these Gentiles, which were the Ninevites... They had gotten off track so bad in their life that it got God's attention. And this is how much God loves people that he sends this Jewish prophet to get them back on track. So you begin to see here, he's, he's got his assignment. Verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, you can stop real quick and you realize real quick, well, wait a minute, didn't God just tell him to go to Nineveh? But yet he says, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. I'm not going where God told me to go. So now you get a picture here, this guy named Jonah, he's a rebel. He is a original running rebel. He didn't like what God told him, so he said, I'm not going to do it. Why would he not go, go 
to Nineveh? Well, I believe there's two things that the Bible reveals. Number one, the Ninevites were extremely wicked. They were feared and they were hated. So just a little bit of Jonah said, man, I don't want to go down there because I don't want these guys to kill me. Get mad at me and kill me. But the second thing I believe is the real reason. Jonah knew if he went and he spoke the word to the Ninevites, there would be a chance that they would repent and get right with God, and he didn't want them to get right with God. He's a Jew, they're a Gentile. You know what he really wanted? He wanted God to wipe them out. Now here's a thought off of that. Right now in your life, you have a Ninevite that you say, I would rather God wipe them out than God save them. You know what that borderline's on? Hatred. Bitterness. And we forget in John 3, 16 that God so loved the, the world. God for, so loved the people of the world. Whether you like it or whether I like it or not, God loves people. So he sends them down there, but Jonah goes the opposite way. So he get, gets on a ship at Joppa that's going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down to it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now here's your little side note on that. When you rebel and you run from God in your life, you're going to pick up the tab. But when you obey God, he'll pick up the tab. So he leaves. He goes, he goes to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. And when I read all this here, I got to ask myself this, am I running from the Lord right now? Because when you run from God, there's going to be huge consequences. I need to submit at all costs to Father God here. So we keep reading here about this guy named Jonah, verse 4. But the Lord, and I highlight that, but the Lord, he loved Jonah so much, he sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken. So if you looked at the words there, he says, a great wind and a mighty tempest. So it's, it's bad. It's not good. And so you see real quick, you can run from God, but you can't hide from God. And this just shows you once again, God loves you. This is how much he's, he's going after him. So I don't know if you've ever looked at this in this situation, but it's obvious that God sent some circumstances to get Jonah's attention. Could the negative circumstances in your life, they may have a storm written on it with your name on it. That's how much God loves you. He's not going to let you keep running, okay? So Jonah's on the run. Verse 5. Then the mariners, the sailors, they were afraid and every man cried out to his God. Now it must have been bad. Because these guys made a living on the, on the, on the ocean. And it, it's so bad, these, these ungodly men are crying out to their God. If you'll notice, it's little G. So he goes on to say, and they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. So when you see this right here, to throw their cargo into the sea, this was their paycheck. This is how these guys made a living. 
And so they're literally throwing their, their money away because of the storms are so bad. And so you got to understand this. When there's a Jonah in your life, it's not going to be good for you. Verse 5, or the end of verse 5. But Jonah had gone down in the lowest parts of the ship, and he lay down and was fast asleep. All hell's breaking loose. These sailors are like, we're getting ready to drown. Get the life jackets out. But Jonah says, I'm going to take a little snooze. I'm going to take a little nap. In other words, I could care less what's going on. It's very apparent here that his conscience didn't bother him a lick. Verse 6. So the captain came to Jonah and he said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Wake up. Arise, call on your God, and perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Now, the irony of this is right here. This is crazy to think in this sense. This pagan captain doesn't know God at all. He tells this Jewish prophet, hey, pal, maybe you ought to pray to God. It's bad when unbelievers are telling believers you better pray. But you know what it shows me? Everybody knows there's a God. Because when all hell breaks loose, I don't care if you identify as an atheist, you're going to call out to God. And so that's what they said. You got to pray. You got to pray. And he says it's so bad, we're going to perish. That's how bad it is. Verse 7. And the mariners said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So these guys, they know. Something's happening. The wind, the waves, the storm, it's, it's because of something somebody's done. So they say, let's cast lots. And you know what casting lots are? Come on, sevens. They're rolling dice. That's what this means. They're, they are rolling dice. Now, they're rolling dice. Watch what takes place here. So they roll the dice, and so they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Now, sometimes when you read this, Christians get this brilliant idea. Let's all load up to Vegas this afternoon and go right, throw some dice. We're going to get rich. We're going to Vegas. Well, you got to understand this, guys. This is a superstition. That's not a God. And those guys that were throwing the dice, they were unbelievers. And so don't get any wild ideas, okay? But what you do see here is God did intervene. And God used this, and he pointed to Jonah. And so right here, the Lord is telling those mariners, your problem is him. And so when you allow Jonah's into your life, people that are in disobedience to God and people that are in rebellion to God, you might as well get ready. It's going to be chaotic. It's not going to be pleasant. I don't care who you are. Verse 8. Then they said to Jonah, 
Please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? So Jonah said to them, I am a Hebrew. I am a Jew. I am in covenant with God. And I fear the Lord God of heaven. Not very much. Why do I say that? Because if you fear God, you're going to obey God. And so he says, I fear God. Who made the sea and the dry land. Verse 10. The men were exceedingly afraid and they said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? What will we do to you so that there may be peace for us? And so they realize all the crap that's going on in their life, that's the Greek, that was a result of him. So what do we do to get peace? And that may be in the situation in your life right now. The the storms in your life may not be a result of your choices. They may be a result of the people you've allowed to influence you. So what do we do? Now watch this. This is good. What shall we do you that it be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. Here's a nugget off that right there. You allow disobedient people and rebellious people in your life, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. See, if we were to go to a doctor and he'd diagnose you today, sometimes he'll say, stick out your tongue, and you'd, ah, He'd look in your ears. If that doesn't work, then he may give you a blood test. And then what God does in this situation, he realizes, you know what? I, 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 I got what's wrong with you. You're addicted. I'm addicted? What am I addicted to? I'm addicted to stupid people. That's the prognosis right there. You're addicted to people that are running from God. And when you're addicted to people from running to God, there's going to be chaos. There's going to be turmoil in your life. And so they go on to say, what do we do? And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Hmm. For I know this great tempest is because of me. So when he says, pick me up and throw me to in the sea, you know what Jonah's revealing? I'm the problem. And as long as I'm on the ship, you're going to have problems. Jonah knew he was the problem, but yet he said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. If he knew why he was doing those things, why didn't he just jump? So was Jonah putting him on a guilt trip? Jonah was on a free ride? See, it's things we got to ask. There's going to be people that are like leeches that leech onto you to make you feel bad about what you're doing. Throw me in, throw me in. Hmm. Verse 13. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. You know what happens here? They don't want to kill him. 
row, Johnny, row. They keep rowing and they keep rowing, and but nothing can happen. Actually, when you read, as long as he was still in there, it got worse and worse. That's what happens in life. When I'm hanging out with the Jonas of life. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord. Now, look at this, look at this. They cried out to the Lord. And they said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. They knew it was that bad. We're on the verge of dying. Because of him. And do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. In other words, don't don't blame us for his death. So we get to verse 15. So they picked up Jonah. They got old Jonah by the belt loop. One for the money, two for the show. Jonah, you know Jesus? I hope so, because you're going to see him real soon. (laughs) They throw Jonah overboard. Look what the Bible says. And the sea ceased from its raging. There is no calm as long as Jonah's in your boat. Now, verse 16 and 17 are huge to the first chapter. Huge. These unbelievers sling him into the ocean. And they see the ocean cease. Now their minds are saying, this is God. What just took place is God. Verse 16. Then the men feared the Lord. These ungodly mariners, they fear God. Exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they took vows. What literally happened here is revival broke out on that ship and all these ungodly sailors, they get born again. Is that what happens sometimes when we get Jonah out of our Yeah. You're keeping them from serving God. So God took care of the sailors. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared or the Lord had assigned a great fish to swallow Jonah. And some people say, do you really believe that happened? I do because it's in the Bible. God has always done some wild things. So so can you imagine here Jonah is? Let me finish reading the verse. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. He's in the pit. You know what that means? God has got his undivided attention. There is no sports center. There's no college game day. You can't get the weather channel down there. He's got seaweed wrapped around his head. He smells like leave me alone cologne. But guess what? God has got his undivided attention. Now, if you want to hear the rest of the story, you've got to come back the next two weeks, okay? God hadn't forgotten Jonah. That's what I want you to see. God hadn't forgot him. God had a plan for him. And even if you're running from God, God's still got a plan for you. And if he has to go to extreme measures, he will. Some of you are in the verge of the belly of whale experience, okay? And I celebrate that. If that's what it takes to get your attention, 
Go with me to Proverbs 13. Proverbs chapter 13. Ooh, this is a good one, okay. This Proverbs was going to speak to your life. Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise. He who walks with wise men will be wise. He who does life with wise men. You know why that happens? Because they rub off on you. They begin to influence you. But, oh man, there's a but in there. But the companion or the associates of fools will be destroyed. The message says, watch your life fall to pieces. You know what he's talking about here? The fool will begin to rub off on you. And so when you look at what's going on here, as long as you have toxic relationships, there's going to be chaos. There's going to be turbulence. It's not going to be good. So I need this thing called relational surgery. And anybody that served God long enough realizes there are certain people I can't get around. Some people bless your life when they come into your life, and some people bless your life when they exit your life. I I don't care how long you've been serving God. There comes a time in your life where you realize, I'm addicted to stupid people. If, If I don't break that addiction, I'm going to lose my marriage. I'm going to lose my children. I'm going to, and I'm talking about me. I realize that. This is what's going on in my life. And this may speak to you that you know every time you get around certain people, you're going to disobey God. Every time I get around certain people, I'm probably going to get drunk. Every time I get around certain people, I'm going to get high. If I get around certain people, there's a good chance I may go to jail tonight. Anybody ever had friends like that? I'm addicted to stupid people. God, you got to help me. You got to help us. So there's two issues today that I sense the Lord wanting us to do, deal with. The, the first issue is here. Is you got some Jonas in your life right now? You've got you got some Jonas in your life that you're unequally yoked with. Let, let me help you a little bit with Jonah. What I'm talking about. The fish obeyed God. The sea obeyed God. The wind obeyed God. The sailors obeyed God. The, the, the whale obeyed God. Jonah just didn't obey God. And so Jonah's are people just will not obey God yet. So are there some Jonah's in your life that you need to say, hit the road, Jack. Not because I'm any better than them, but they lead me to an island called a fool. And that's the way I live my life. And so I I got to get them out of my life. And to get people out of your life, it may take strength and it may take courage. And sometimes people say, I've known Johnny since we were little boys. We went to elementary together. We went to junior, we graduated together. But if Johnny's a fool, you're going to be a fool. And so the day comes when you look and say, no more, I got to get him out of my life. I got to get them out of my life. That's the first one. The second one is this. This is a tough one. Are you Jonah? Just 
just bow your head right there. Close your eyes. Are you Jonah? What do I mean by that? Are you running from God right now? Have you rebelled toward the things of God? See, remember that, that the apostle Paul said there in Galatians. I know God's going to bring you back. I'm fully confident God's going to bring you back. See, sometimes we get off course, we get off track. But God will bring you back. Why don't you stand up here? Just stand up here with me. See, just like the, the captain of the ship said to Jonah, he said, wake up. Wake up. Is it easy? No. No. I had friends that I knew. I go out with them tonight. We're not just going to have a few drinks. We're going to get sloshed. And when I get sloshed, I'm going to get in trouble. And when I get in trouble, I got to call my mom and dad and say, hey, guess where I'm at tonight? That happened to you, Pastor? My mom and dad are here. Yeah, I did. On more than one occasion. And so there came a time in my life that I realized I can't go forward with the things of God with the people I'm running with. And so there had to be a separation. Doesn't mean I don't love those people. It just meant for that season in my life, I couldn't allow the, the Jonas to influence me. I used to say this, you know what? I'm going to go with them to the bar tonight and I'm going to win them all to Jesus. You know what happened? They baptized me in Jack Daniels. I didn't win him to Jesus. That's not what happened. It took years of my life to get to a place where I said, you will no longer influence me. I'll influence you for the kingdom of God. So we got those two issues today. And just maybe today you need to come forward and say, Father God, I, I need your strength and I need your courage today to help me. Throw them overboard. Maybe that's you right now. I, I welcome you to come forward. It's okay. It's a great place to be. And the second area is this. Are you Jonah? Are you running from God? Because I'm going to tell you right now, God is relentlessly pursuing you. That's how much he loves you. And so the quicker you surrender to God, the quicker things are going to happen in your life. I need peace, Pastor. I need peace. Well, you may have to get Jonah off the boat. So come on here. Let's, let's raise our hands here to heaven just for a second because I believe the Lord's dealing with us right now. Holy Spirit, we ask you to go to work on every one of us in here. And Father God, the, the people in our life that have got us on tra off track, grace us today. Father God, for any one of us in here that we're, we're running from you, Lord, we've been running. You know when you're running from God, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. That God loves you so much, that's why you're here today. 
And so I, I welcome you right now. Either one of those categories, just respond to God and watch what God's going to do today. And so as our team begins to sing and we enter back into a place of worship, well, Lord, go to work on our hearts right now. Just respond to Him. Go ahead, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.